Hello everyone and welcome to There's No Place Like Summer Camp. I'm Andrew Waterhouse and in today's episode we've got a special interview lined up for you today. This is Maisie Craddock from Hello. YouTube. Nice to have you on. Come on into our tent and I'll spill the beans. I didn't know if I should say hello. That's all right. You can say hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. <laughs> right. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to have you here. I've got a special episode for you today with Maisie Craddock. Um, Maisie's someone that I found on YouTube while doing some research on summer camp YouTubers. She's got a fantastic channel. I'd highly recommend watching her videos all about the tips and tricks and things that she's learned, the travels as well of what she's gone through being at Camp America. So welcome Maisie, thanks for being our special guest on today's podcast. Hello, I mean thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really glad that we've been able to sort of collaborate because I feel like we're on very similar pages about just advising people about summer camp so I'm very happy to be on and talking to you. It's a very special privilege, I've gone months without doing a podcast episode but I think from here on out Special interviews such as this one are going to make up the majority of the content. Very excited to have you here today. So I was just going to start the ball rolling with some questions just about yourself. So do you want to tell us about yourself? Where where are you from? How old are you? What age did you do camp? How many years at camp? Yeah, um, so I'm Maisie, um, I am uh, from, uh, I'm living, I don't know how, actually if I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> you live in the UK? Yeah, I live, UK in the, no, I live in the <laughs> northwest of the UK, I'm 24 years old, um, but I went to camp when I was 19, so that was in 2018. Um, and I went to camp in Pennsylvania, um, a camp called Chestnut Lake Camp. Um, and I, I don't know what else about me. I, am, I currently work now in TV um, and I obviously have my YouTube channel. Um, so that's all sort of my interests. And that also at camp, my role was sort of related to that, which I'm sure we'll get into as we go along. Mm-hmm. So you went to camp at 19. That's a relatively young age to do camp, I think. Yeah. How come you did it at 19? Um, I So I'd finished um, like my A-levels at college and I just wasn't ready to go to uni or anything. So I took a gap year and I've always, ever since I've been young, just been obsessed with America. I think it was just growing up watching Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and all that. And I just have this like American dream in my head. Um, so as soon as sort of I was old enough to do it, because you can be 18 and older, um, I was just like, I want to go and do it. And doing it in my gap year was sort of a perfect time to do it. Um, I do um, think that I was quite young because obviously the drinking age in America is 21. So that sort of came into play like later on in the travels um, where some of my friends who were 21 could go out and I couldn't. Um, but I, I am quite a mature person, I would say. So like I didn't feel really young or anything like that. Um, and I think that you sort of forget about everyone's ages at camp. So... I just went when I was ready, to be honest. Yeah. Perfect. So how come you 
thought of the idea of doing Camp America? Was there anyone you know, or was it always a, an attraction with the TV, movie, Disney thing? Um, I'd say that that was a big part of it. You know, I've loved films like Camp Rock and um, Parent Trap and stuff like that. So I've always heard about it. I did have a neighbour that did Camp America like maybe about three or four years prior to when I went. So, um, you know, I'd heard about that. Um, and I just, yeah, I've always just known about it. Um, and I think... I just wanted an experience of traveling and then as soon as you know the gap year hit that was just instantly the thing that I knew I wanted to do it wasn't go to Thailand or go to Australia or anything like that it was I want to do Camp America so I think it's been going around for like 60 years or something Camp America so I've just known about it um, and that's just yeah I just wanted to jump straight in to be honest yeah okay so before we just get into camp, I was just going to ask you about the recruitment fair. How did you find that? Um, so I, because I was so keen and knew that I wanted to do it, um, I actually like applied online as everybody else does um, in like no. Mm, Maybe it was September time of the uh, like the year. I it was September two thousand and seventeen, and I went to camp in like or uh, not August, May twenty eighteen. Um, so September, I applied. I then had like your interview with somebody who then basically just says, you know, you're um, an okay. You know, like they say that you're you're suitable for camp basically, um, but you don't obviously get then recruited by a camp until that point. Um, and then I actually did go to a recruitment fair because I just wanted to like open my options up as much as possible. Um, obviously my camp profile was live, so camps could sort of hire me via the app, uh, via the online application. Um, but I also went to Leeds um, to the recruitment fair, and you just as we'll get into when you're doing Camp America, you've just got to get yourself out of your comfort zone and just throw yourself in. And at that recruitment fair, I just went in. They told us prior, like, don't stand on your phone. Make sure that you're sort of chatting to people around you because the camps have their eyes on you. Um, and then I just approached the different um, camps, the ones that I'd sort of researched online and thought that they sounded great. And... Um, Initially, I was thinking of maybe doing more like drama roles and stuff, but as I approached them, they all said, oh no, we've already hired that. And I was like, oh my gosh, what what should I go for now? Um, so I sort of uh, winged it on the spot and was like, well, I have got media experience, just med media A-level. Uh, and then there was one camp that was looking for like a web team, part of being part of the web team. And I just completely blagged it and said, you know, and it is true, like, that is what I'm into. But I said, yeah, I've done all this photography and all this. I'd only done a little bit. But she was like, yes, you sound great. You can be part of the web team. And I got hired on the spot then by my camp, um, which as um, I discovered, you know, when I went to camp, it was one of the best roles I could have done. Um, but at the time, I would say that you sort of have to just big yourself up. And if you want to get hired there, then you have to just make sure that you're like, 
you know, saying that you're the best person on earth, basically. Um, but a lot of people didn't get hired at the recruitment fair, so if you don't get hired, I wouldn't be so disheartened by it because, um, you know, there are other opportunities like you had, Andrew, where you applied later on and um, then you get, you get uh, hired online. Yeah, absolutely. So was Chestnut Lake the first the first table you approached or had you gone in with like a certain camp that you wanted to go to um what type of camp was chestnut lake so i had about five camps there was i can't remember how many were there maybe about 20 to 30 camps at the recruitment fair and i had about five uh, written down um that were my favorites so chestnut lake wasn't the first one that i approached um, I actually approached one called Trails End, which was next door to Chestnut Lake, um, but they didn't have anything suitable for me. So then Chestnut Lake was the second um, sort of camp that I approached. So I was quite lucky in that sense. Um, in terms of the camp that it was like, it was a pretty sort of standard camp, I would say. Um, I know they have like special needs camps, they have Jewish camps, um, they have like underprivileged camps. Um, I would say that mine was more on the privileged end of a camp. I found out that parents sending their children to camp for just their session was about nine grand. Um, so it was quite a expensive camp. I would say a lot of the kids were from more like wealthy families. Um, and, you know, my camp had sort of... Uh, it, you didn't just stay at camp you also had day trips or trips away with the kids as well so that sort of represented sort of the money side of things um a lot of the kids were jewish um but it wasn't a jewish camp like we didn't do any sort of like you know religious rituals or anything like that it was all just sort of Apart from standing next to the pledge the allegiance to the flag every day, other than that, it was yeah. So I was just going to ask about being a photographer. That's kind of like a different sort of role that a lot of people would go to camp would have. How did you find being a photographer and being? Did you find you were a bit external to the day to day running of camp? Were there any kids you had to like sort of train or show how to use a camera, or were you like more taking the photos of the activities as kids would come? come through camp yeah um yeah so as i said before i had no idea sort of what being part of the web team would involve but it ended up being probably one of the best jobs in my opinion at camp because i was still part of i shared a bunk with the kids and i was still part of sort of my own division um so at night time and stuff i would like still look after them and when we were doing activities in the evening i would be with them and my fellow counselors that were in that division but in my actual job I was slightly isolated from not isolated I was just away from the kids that I was like assigned to which was nice because I then would get a schedule each day and it would tell me um so in the morning you need to go and take pictures of the seven-year-old boys that are playing football then after that you need to go to take pictures of the older girls that are on outdoor adventure and I would just have like um I would just go and spend an hour with each like different ages of um kids and take a pic take pictures of them 
of what activities they were doing. Um, and then at the end of the day, I would upload all those pictures onto uh, the Chestnut Lake website for their parents to be able to see what they were up to. Um, so I loved it because it meant then that I would spend an hour with not only different kids, but also the counsellors that were looking after those kids and also the specialists that were at that area as well. Um, so it meant that sort of everyone knew me at camp. I was always sort of going round and I would return back. You know, it wasn't just I've, I've been with you one day. I'll never come back to that group again. Like I was obviously there for a long period of time. So um it was really great and like it was really sort of rewarding in the sense of like parents like loving to see what their kids are up to and kids being like oh take this picture of us and it was really fun and like also on a personal level it really Im improved my own skills like with photography and stuff mm. like that so it was a good role okay i imagine a lot of the kids pose become favorites did you have any like favorites or kids that on the other spectrum side of the spectrum that were just a pain <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yes and it also depends on what age the kids are as well because we had kids from like being about six so they were tiny um all the way up to like teenagers like 16 17 year olds um and yeah, you would have, uh, it depends on their personalities, but it was always really important for me to get a picture, at least one picture of every child. Um, and there were some that were not interested at all in getting their pictures taken. They just wanted to be doing the activity. And I'd be like that annoying person that's like, please smile for the photo. <laughs> um, so sometimes I had to adapt to that. And if they felt really uncomfortable, I'd just get action shots of them doing what they were doing. Okay. Um but then, yeah, you have the other kids that want to be in every photo. And it came to the point where I'm like, you need to not be in this photo <laughs> now because you're in every photo. Um, but you just sort of get used to it. And I think just warming to the kids as well and just being like, oh, come on, smiling or just making them laugh always just sort of made it a bit easier. Great. So I was going to just start to touch on the culture of your camp. So you say it's a traditional sort of camp with no like religion, no special needs, anything like that. But how did you find like those first few days settling in? Was there like a culture that you had to adjust to? How did you settle in and like find friends? Because I imagine you went by yourself. You didn't know anyone prior to going to camp. No. Um, yeah, I went by myself. I'd actually met one girl on Twitter when we both got recruited um, and we were both going to the same camp. So we actually like out of convenience for traveling um traveled together um but we were like we we got on and everything but we didn't end up being like really close friends throughout camp so and i also didn't and it's really important not to like just stay attached to one person and that's the thing that's why camp america always say like don't go with a friend um so yeah the first few days um were a bit scary but you've just got to throw yourself in there like I'm a really sociable person anyway so straight away I was just meeting people I met some people at the airport which made things a little bit easier that were going to my camp um and then we all sort of shared the plane journey and the bus journey together. Um, so straight away sort of had people that you'd sort of gone from the UK with, um, which made it a bit easier. But as soon as you got to camp, it was just like, where am I? Like, <laughs> especially if I was in Pennsylvania, which is in the middle of nowhere. And... Um, 
you've then got all these Americans which obviously they speak the same language and everything but they are different they are like just I don't know how to describe them but they're very dramatic very over the top they're very very friendly and polite I would say most of them um and it was it was fine I think luckily obviously you have your sort of staff week um so that sort of settles you in before you're overwhelmed with all the kids um but yeah I think it was it was it was a great experience you've just got to throw yourself in there and just you know chat to everybody and I think naturally you just gravitate towards the people that are very similar to you and you just make mm. your friends and it was so absolutely fine T t just touching on that topic, were there any other Brits that... Oh, you, you said there was one other Brit. Was there like a little collection of British people that sort of came to your camp at the same time? Because that's how, at least in my camp, those initial staff weeks, the Brits would all be their own group. The Israelis would be their group. The Americans would be their group. Did you f find it was a little cliquey in that respect? Um. Yeah, I would say, obviously, for the first sort of arrival period, we did all arrive together, so there were some Brits, but also there were some returners as well that were coming with us because we all were sort of on the same flight or the same coach in. And obviously those returners had American friends, um, so they were sort of great in merging us with them. Um, and, yes, I would say... Um, initially, I guess there's uh, cliques that form, but the Americans were just so great in just approaching you and just chatting to you. We didn't really have, like you say, you had Israelis. We didn't really have many people other than Brits and Americans at the camp. Um, there was like um, Spanish people um, and they they were sort of, they stuck together, but they sort of worked in the kitchen and things like that. Um, but yeah, so, but we, I, I genuinely, I do think that everybody just sort of, on the first few days, just sort of threw themselves in and was all quite chatty. And then I think cliques do form. Um, but I think no one knows each other initially. So you're just sort of finding your clique. But once you found your clique, then there is, there are definitely cliques. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I was just going to ask about your highlights of camp. Is there anything that stood out to you from your year being a, uh, a photographer? Well, I mean, obviously the highlight was my role. I loved my role at camp. Um, but also just the friends that I made would be a highlight in itself. Um, but I'd say um, just sort of the day-to-day -day is a highlight, you know... I don't know if it is actually. Take that back. <laughs> I to, to be honest, sometimes I struggled with camp and I um you know, it was very different to like the real world. Um so some of my highlights were when we sort of went on day trips out of camp um because that was a day where we didn't have the kids with us and we got to sort of explore um different cities we were sort of close to philadelphia and new york and stuff so they were like highlights and obviously the travels after a highlight um but in terms of camp i'd say the little things like your campfires your cookouts singing with the kids all the sort of little activities that you did and just those moments in the bunk as well where you're like bonding with 
your counsellors and the kids like doing their braids in their hair and just like sweet things like that um, were like the highlights, like the little things. And also eating too much food is a thing, but I love food, so, it, you know. When in America, I think that's... I think that's that's how you settle into the culture, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just fit... supersize everything. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> and the food at camp was okay, but you're just hungry all the time because, like, the days were just so long, and you're on your feet all the time. So I just end up eating eating anything. Um, but yeah, like it, uh, there was a lot of highlights. But I won't I won't lie when I say there were some down moments as well. Absolutely, it'd be wrong of us to pretend that camps just full of sunshine and rainbows there were certainly days of my camp experience where I was like mm, you know what I, I'd rather be at home yeah exactly I remember I think um maybe a week in I facetimed my parents and just burst into tears and they were like it's fine like I think it was just the culture shock of like just completely different environment from being at home and suddenly you're at camp and like our bunks were really weird as well and I know it sounds like a little thing but we had bunk beds and all the kids were like on the ground but the uh, counsellors that shared the bunk were like on above the kids in each corner of the room but there was no barrier on the bunk bed so it was literally just you could roll off and fall out of the bed. So I think, um, I didn't but I had a friend that did and broke his nose Um so I think things like that as well, when you're first settling in, you're like, I don't know where I am, I don't know anyone, I've also got this weird bed that I can't even be comfortable <laughs> in at night and I'm like shoving myself against the wall. Um, so it was all just things like that, but you know, once you sort of get settled in and you start making like those friendships that, you know, are true friendships, um, it was it was amazing in the whole. It is funny you mention about the bunk beds because we actually had a kid, I'm sure it's in the first book, where um, they they rolled off their bunk bed and they broke their back, I think. We ended up having a uh, an air ambulance come and pick them up and that was like a big drama of camp. So, Americans, you need to sort out your, um, yeah, your bunk they beds. Do. Put, put some rails on. What's going on? I know. I, ge I genuinely <laughs> don't get it. And they also didn't have ladders up either. So you'd have to like literally like scramble and like put your leg on it was so weird <laughs> right so we're coming up to the end of uh, the questions i have for you um as we're doing that i'll just keep it safe for work for the time being the last question in that topic is what would you say to someone that's thinking of doing camp america um i would say go all in you know if you're thinking about it then just do it if you can give up three months of your summer um and you camp america you have to pay i think about 700 pounds ish i think that's what it's like but um if you obviously can afford that then great go for it um you also obviously earn money once you're at camp as well um so it sort of balances out it's not loads of money it's just as they call pocket money um but i would just say you know whether you're an introvert an extrovert go for it because for me it was the best thing one of the best things i've ever done in my life and i will never ever forget it um and yeah, I think that that's all I would say, really, is just go for it. Okay. So 
more spicy questions now as we're coming up to the end. In your in the chat we've done on your YouTube channel, you mentioned that you were single at camp. Mm-hmm. How was that? Um, to be honest, it was. I was glad that I was single at camp. Having got to camp and seen people that were in relationships, literally the majority of the people that I was friends with that were in relationships at home, their relationships broke down. Um, I think, you know, I don't mean that to scare anybody, but it's also the reality of you go to camp and you can't really go on your phone. At my camp, we had to lock our phones away for most of the day. I was lucky with my role because I could sort of sneakily have it when I was like editing the photos and stuff. But otherwise, you couldn't have it apart from on your time off. It's very sort of, you're in your camp bubble. There's other sort of distractions there, maybe other temptations there. And I think... I was glad that I was single because I didn't have anybody to worry about back at home. Now I'm not single and the thought of going to camp now, having known what it's like, um, that's that would really make me nervous. <laughs> Just because it's like, it's, when you've got a loved one back at home, you'd be wanting to check in on them, you'd know that they want to check in on you. and. Like, especially the way that my camp was, I couldn't, like, have access to my phone. And then you've got the time difference as well. So I would say it's definitely difficult, but it's also doable. Like, if obviously, if you're sort of secure in your relationship, then it will be fine. Um, You've just got to communicate and pre-warn your partner that, you know, it might be difficult. But if you trust each other, then... It will be fine. But personally, I was very glad that I was single and I could just think and do whatever I wanted. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I should have really said this in the uh, the interview we had on your, your channel, but I think also the time difference, having, th- you know, it's a, approximately three months away from your loved one. That's a long time, especially when you're outside of camp. The not being able to speak to each other, not being able to you know, go on a date night together. That's a long time to be apart. And um, I think that definitely plays its part if you are going to camp when in a relationship. Yeah, 100%. I was just going to touch upon uh, camp goggles and the lack of privacy at camp. How did you find those two? Uh, So camp goggles is similar to what we've just mentioned. So you are in a bubble at camp um, and sort of what you see at camp is probably not what you would see in real life um you know I I think for the majority of us me and my friends that look back now are like why did I fancy that person or something like that um they were obviously great people but I just think when you're in your sort of normal life headspace you just wouldn't even it wouldn't cross your mind um But camp goggles was funny, like I touched on in my video, like I went to camp thinking that I was going to find a cowboy and as soon as I saw somebody with cowboy boots and a cowboy hat I was just like oh my gosh, Um, but really like yes they were a great person and nothing happened at all, Um, but it's just a stupid, like I almost feel that camp was almost like going back to school. Um, with the sense of it was very gossipy everybody knew things you had crushes on people like you fancied them and like um uh, it it very it felt like I was back at school with the sense of that um 
what was the other oh the lack of privacy um yeah at my uh the toilets in my camp were so strange because the doors literally you would stand up and you would see the bottom half of your leg from like your knees down and you would see your head so the toilet doors were so short that literally like if people <laughs> stood up they could see you on the toilet um and I, straight away i was like oh my gosh like how like how do i get used to this but you just got to think i'm here for 3 months i've just got to do it like i've just got to go in there and just do what i need to do um and the same with like the showers and just getting changed in front of people like i think at first you're sort of like um you know a bit ooh but you just get used to it and you're all in the same boat yeah. um and yeah i think as well you touched on it before in terms of lack of privacy as well if you do sort of form a relationship at camp and you want a bit of time on your own with that person um i think it can be quite difficult you've got to be careful uh, with where you choose for your private moments um because for some reason people always seem to find out when something had happened um it's the latest gossip you it's the latest know. gossip yeah. it's like what happened at the lake <laughs> last night and all this um which is great and it was it, it that was you know going back to highlights of camp all of that is a highlight of camp because it's just so entertaining and funny every day is full on i find yeah. every day is Full of news, full of activities, yeah. full of gossip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do have to be careful because there were people that did get fired as well from my camp. Not really for things like that. I think if you did stuff like that and got caught a few times, then yes, you'd get fired. Um, but also just being inappropriate or sort of doing wrong things. Like there was a few people that did like drugs and stuff that, that were completely you know wow. that got found out and fired straight away so you just gotta you you have in the sense of me saying it's like school you have got to be careful like you're in school like you don't want to lose your job and you've got to sort of be sensible as well absolutely okay so we're up to the final question and this is a question that i ask everyone that's come on the podcast you can have some time to think what food or smell will bring you back to summer camp Oh, is there a particular food or smell that you're like, mm, that reminds me of camp? Um, Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there are, there's quite a few foods to be fair. Um, do you know a really weird one? And I always, and this, no one will ever say this, but we had lack of veg at camp. And the only veg that we had was raw broccoli in the um, salad bar. And I was like, I have to have veg. So every single time I see raw broccoli and I cut it up, I always think how I used to eat it like that before it was even cooked. So that's so random and not many people would be able to relate to that. But I do. <laughs> it's like that reminds me of camp. Um, but another one is the classic s'mores, you know, um, that just reminds me of camp, um, especially doing it the way that camp did it with their Hershey bars and like the graham crackers, as they call it. <laughs> um, so I'd say those two things in terms of food and sort of smells as well, like the the, um, the smoke and all that, like that reminds me of camp. Ah, it's good to know. I would never have put 
raw broccoli <laughs> on the, my guest list for you. No, but there you go. <laughs> there we are. So we've come to the end of the pod. Thanks for being on. Thanks for being a special guest, bringing back the podcast for one special episode. Um, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you? Um, so you can find me on YouTube. My name is Maisie Craddock. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. Um, I have a food account called Tasting Tours with Maisie because, as you'll see from my YouTube, I love food and going on tours around the country for different places to eat. So you can find me there. Um, but, yeah, mostly just my YouTube is where you'll find me. Okay, well, thanks for being on. Oh, thank you very Great much for having me. Thank you. Bye.